This week on Another Brother. Craig, Heather's uncle. Okay. Yeah. Says yeah. he can most certainly get you all on. I can't remember how to how to do integrals anymore. <laughs> Heaven forbid I ever <laughs> learned to do an integral. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. He just keeps yelling like louder and louder and louder. both in this room and elsewhere. Got a little update that I just wanted to share with everyone. We might have, be about to have a saga on our hands. We'll, we'll find out. Did you say saga? Saga. So yesterday was 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, Heather's parents were with her grandma and her uncle. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so Melanie, my mother-in-law, texted me yesterday, middle of the day. Craig, Heather's uncle. Okay. Yeah. Says yeah. he can most certainly get you all onto Skinwalker Ranch. No way. Oh my gosh. But Brandon Fugel, the owner, won't let his kids go on the property. Oh. Craig's wife won't let him go either. Oh. oh. Craig's got some good stories from Brandon he's been telling us today. Oh. So then I texted her and she texted back. He says people go home and seem to have things follow them. I asked if they are all bad things or if there are good things. No answer. <laughs> But Brandon bought it. <laughs> but Brandon bought the ranch to discover the science behind the stories and quickly became astounded. He tries to figure out if the veil is thin there or a window or another realm. If people ask if he's a believer, he says he doesn't have to believe. He's seen it. See, that's like Tom. Okay, well, first of all. Ah, yeah, Brandon! <laughs> so let me real quickly, let me, let me temper a little bit. I texted Craig today. And he said, just be aware, I'm not certain about how many people Brandon lets go out there. So it's possible he might say no. So that that's all. Just got to keep in mind. You emphasize people. <laughs> <laughs> because they'll allow total, like, complete herds of cattle. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you did that? Okay. But okay. Speak oh, go, Sorry. go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm preparing myself right now. Boom. All right. Prepared. I was going to say, speaking of the ranch... <laughs> this morning, episode 10 got published. That was the episode where we first spoke about the ranch. Oh, episode 10 of the podcast. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only published like two or three out of our total channels. Oh. It didn't publish anywhere else. I had to go back in and manually hit update, and then it went to the rest of our channels. And even then, it took hours until our show notes finally got to Spotify. Oh, so they are on Spotify They are now. now. Yep. Because I looked... Probably around 2 p.m. And they still weren't there, I think. Yeah, I think it was around 7 that I looked again. So anyway, just more weird stuff. That, that's all. That Yeah, that <laughs> hasn't <laughs> happened on any of the previous <laughs> no, 10 published it hasn't. tracks. A lot of this has never happened before <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> I'm not oh, no, I'm, I'm wrong. Sorry. Show notes still aren't still there. Still not on, right? Still not there. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. The ranch doesn't want you to read them. It doesn't well, want you to read them. But I got them on the website. Okay. I'm in control of that. Right. Not you, ranch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Don't challenge the ranch, <laughs> well, you crazy. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to bring smudge sticks and rosary or – not a rosary. <laughs> <laughs> the show notes are everywhere else. Sage. It's only Spotify. We need bundles of sage. Sage. Yeah. yeah, for the smudging. Yeah, right. 
I mean, that would be awesome. And if we're new people, we'd be new people to the ranch. And if they're prepared and like, okay, let's see if the ranch is going to respond, you know, we could help produce some science for them. I think that's part of the problem. I don't think they want random strangers coming in and... Right, right, right. right. So, I mean, hopefully they would would coordinate and we'd set a time so that they can make sure that current ongoing experiments are completed and or they're at a stage of an experiment where they're ready to (laughs) maybe stimulate some responses. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they want people. <laughs> oh, they don't want people to stimulate the ranch. I don't think so. I mean, you keep hearing how much how safety conscious they are. I don't think True. they would want things to happen as a result of bringing guests Brandon, to the ranch. Brandon Other seems, than experts. Right, exactly. Brandon seems to me to be pretty mindful of the optics around the ranch. They get real professionals, real experts to come do whatever extra tests the normal crew can't handle. I, I don't know that he would want it hitting the news that three bing bongs like us went out to the ranch and like died or something. Well, we better not die. It's still a ranch. <laughs> I don't plan on dying. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, we grew up in the Pacific Northwest. We we have respect for like the native cultures and, and spiritual things. And we're not going to be like these like ghost hunter type guys that are going to be, you know. Dumb. Yo, I'm Ricky from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're cool. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but you got New Jersey. So. <laughs> All right, so that's my update. Okay, so. He's been letting that hang over our heads since yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Not I, having any idea what this update was going to be. I, sh- I, mean, I shouldn't have said anything. I called it. I ruined you did. it. You did. And I thought, no, nah, that's, no, nah. no. I didn't call the precise update, but I can tell, you can tell when you've got Jacob because then he goes silent and his face gets serious and he doesn't allow himself to say anything anymore. (laughs) That's when you know you spoiled his surprises. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was my bad. Cool. Well, if our wives allow it, we'll see what happens. That's the thing. Like after reading some George, some of George Knapp's recounting. Well, let's just cut it there because Heather's already okay with me going. So it we'll, sounds we'll like a great place. It's like Disneyland. <laughs> well, should we get to it? Okay. We had our first listener provided feedback through our website, anotherbrotherpodcast.com. There is a contact form where you can submit questions or input whatever you'd like yeah you could tell us we suck but, you know whatever which um she did start Please that don't, way though. No. <laughs> actually she started by saying I, i'm one of i'm the wife a wife of one of the brothers oh, come on you didn't have to say that <laughs> just cut it in post <laughs> <laughs> she said she'd been listening from the beginning okay that's true that's what she said but i read the email address so i know who it is <laughs> regardless of who it was we had a suggestion to discuss a point or a couple points of advice that we might give ourselves in hindsight when we were growing up. Yeah, so the question at hand that we will be answering is, what advice would you give yourself at X age and why? So I'll start. Wait, at X age or Y age? N. No, because probably N age. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Take that grammatically or mathematically if you will, which segues <laughs> into my advice for myself. No. Take math seriously. Uh, okay. <laughs> and don't let drama and feelings and poor inner dialogue 
throw you off the hunt for mathematics. Drama threw you off mm. of math? Yeah. So I'm just going to... It was that fever dream, right? Where the numbers came alive? No, that was that was <laughs> horrifying. <though. laughs> that probably didn't help. <laughs> yeah. I still actually... It's been a while, but I would still have a, like that recur. That's real. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is a literal fever dream, by the way. He had a fever. I was in like fifth grade dream. when I was memorizing the multiplication tables and I got really sick, had a fever and I was like knocked out on the sofa in the TV room. No, no, no. I think I was in my bed. But anyway, I had this dream of these. It started off slow. It was like, here's a mathematics table, it's like the sheet and it would just kind of float, float in vision and then it would swap out and a new one would show up and then a new one would show up and then they started like spinning and then they would spin <laughs> faster and faster and then they kept like spinning around in my view and eventually I'm like, I just knew these things were going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it was terrifying. I guess I woke up screaming and sweaty and <laughs> I think then mom moved me to the sofa maybe. <laughs> Probably gave me a heavy dose of Tylenol. So prior to that, in third grade, yeah, I'll say this. I don't think it's wise to do these like talented and gifted programs mm. or mm. especially at that young age odyssey of the mind isn't that what you were no, in? No, that was different though oh okay yeah right. that right. was that that didn't make any self-perception didn't create self-perceptions of i'm stupid or i'm smarter than uh, everyone else mm. that was just kind of like you got to create a play and create all the that was fun that was like more artsy okay cool didn't know that yeah but like so in second grade i got into the Oregon's Talent and Gifted program, which did zero for me, by the way. I never had extra homework. Mm-hmm. I never got treated differently. I never was given additional assignments or... Oh, really? Yeah. And it's supposed to follow you through middle school. Yeah. Right. Uh, it did nothing. It was really... It was not implemented whatsoever other huh. than the testing in second grade. Weird. But then third grade, I had an awesome teacher. I was super smart for my age and to the point where my teacher would have me grade other people's homework. So I would get done so fast. <laughs> <laughs> what a racket. I know. Nerd. I would get done so fast that sh- that when I finished, she'd send me into the back room that was attached to our classroom and I'd wait. And then as other kids got done, they'd bring me their paper. Teacher's aid. And Yeah. And I'd have like the, the grading key. And so I had this whole classroom to myself and I'd start grading and just mark it like, you know, with the red pen and everything. Uh-huh. And so it felt good. Like I didn't, I didn't feel prideful about it at that point, but it felt really good. I okay. felt like, man, I'm a smart kid. This is awesome. And a bunch of other stuff. I started dabbling with the reader board for the library, and I was like programming. Oh, yeah. Right. In uh-huh. third grade I remember that, actually. This is at Gubser? As yeah. At Gubser. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, then fast forward to fourth grade, Mr. Kenton. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting that name out there. I <laughs> You're a not horrible like that teacher. Guy. He was bad. <laughs> horrible teacher. Oh, he was bad. Oh, I, I had mean, him for math, but... I had I had a friend that I had created a story for. This is just a little vignette. <laughs> I had created a story, and I was telling him this story idea I had. I had written most of it out. He's like, hey, that's really cool. You should come over to my house, and we should type it up on my computer because I have a computer and a printer. His friend, not Mr. My, King. My friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my friend. And so I'm like, oh, cool. I might make a friend out of this. So I go over. We type up the story that's my story. We don't change anything about it. Then I go home and I illustrate it uh-huh. and then we show up to class and my friend is like, hey, look at this story we wrote and Mr. Kenton. And so we like read it to the, he read it to the class Okay, and he just refused to think that I had written any of it. 
<laughs> cool. He, yeah. He like just ignored me, gave all the credit to this uh, my friend. I was so mad. But uh, but okay, anyway, he's just a bad teacher. He made me feel really crappy about myself. Me too. And I'd fidget <laughs> in my desk and I get mm. he'd get mad at me. I remember this. And it it would happen with parent teacher conference. Yeah. It was a big ordeal. I'm like, what the crap do you like? I anyway, he thought I was restless. Were you? Did you think you were? No. I, I have no idea what he was talking I about. I had an eraser inside my cubby desk that I would fiddle between my fingers. I wasn't like slamming. I wasn't making yeah. any noise whatsoever. And I'd get done with his freaking assignments in like 10 minutes. And he had those geometric shape uh, puzzle things yeah, that you draw lines little, between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I burned through all like 100 of those in like the first few months of that school year. Because I'd be done. I didn't have anything to do. I'd get up. I'd grab one, knock it out. And I think he was just upset that his he sucks as a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't keep you challenged. But anyway, so then we had math in a separate classroom. Yeah. And he had identified me as a problem child. Of course. And so I got put in the low, the problem kid math class. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah. And that teacher was, I can't remember her name. I don't remember her name either. I don't think she was bad, but she wasn't supportive. She didn't do a lot to teach. I liked her better than Mr. Kenton. Oh, but I did too. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I was really learning much. So then that, you're a bad math, follows you into fifth grade. Right. And all of my peers that I viewed as like the most social, uh, most outgoing, most fun, like that were in our ward as well, mm. went to Mrs. Ream, homeroom. Yeah, that's where all my friends were too. And huh. she was also the high math teacher. Yep. Oh. I went to Mrs. Frazier, who I loved. Oh, wait. I did have Mrs. Ken for like homeroom class or whatever you would call it. She Ken. was my fifth grade teacher. Who? Ream or Sorry, Frazier? sorry, Mrs. Ream. You had Ream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, you had Mrs. Ream. I, I had Mrs. Ream. I had Mrs. Well, Fromhurst for everything. Or Fromhurst, that's what but I But mean. she did all. When I was there, she was highest for math and Oh. I wonder if they maybe just rotate each year. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Yeah, I had Mrs. Fromhurst. I had a curry with me and Mrs. Ream, so I have to imagine that she was <laughs> considered the high. <laughs> Curries were always very high achieving. They were, yeah, very gung ho. Yeah, so and then and then I had the low math teacher again, and it was just oh, it was just memorizing things. Anyway, so <laughs> I just really always thought I was horrible at math, and whenever I had a math assignment, I would like get into that internal dialogue like. You're an idiot. You're never going to get this. Blah, blah, blah. And it became really not fun. Even though I love mm. puzzles, I love analysis, I love data, I love um, programming, all these things. Right. To the point where, like, I, I can't math. <laughs> 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 I can't has math. Uh, it's frustrating. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'd be or what I'd be doing now. Like, my mechanical my my engineering uh, pretty, pretty professional program yeah, at BYU. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, couldn't yeah. continue that because I bombed the math classes. There's a lot of reasons behind that. um, Anyway, so if time is circular. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) If little Josh, you're going to listen to this in the future past. Josh wakes up tomorrow, goes (laughs) into his engineering job. In the future's past, give yourself a break. You're a smart kid. You're capable. You you work hard. Uh, Learn that math. You do, you, you boy. (laughs) Old Josh out. (laughs) Mic drop. Well, mine's not too dissimilar from that. I don't know about you, Jacob. So I don't know if you want to go now or you want me to go. I'll go. Okay. <laughs> I was telling them this is going to end up like the, the the music stew nerds where they had legitimate like awesome songs with like 
<laughs> deep personal meanings and stuff. And then I was like, yeah, I like emo music. <laughs> Makes me rock. <laughs> the, the very first thing I... You talked about crying. It's true. That got raw. Yeah, that, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I am generally very happy with my life and the way things have gone. And I wouldn't change things. So the very first thing that popped into my head... I would go back and tell high school me to take a weightlifting class every single year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because sophomore year was the only year I took a lifting class, and I made huge PRs in track. Yeah. Mm. I think it has to be correlated to just the, the raw strength and power gain from Yeah, power you focused lift, on sprinting, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a, sprinter. a strength thing, not an endurance thing. Trains those fast twitch muscles. Um, sprinting is about explos- explosives and power. So I would go back and take a weightlifting class every year of high school. And what would be even greater, here's additional advice for yourself. For your kids. <laughs> I mean, like, because weightlifting in high school was like just classical lifting. But if you were able to do it and apply it to sprinting, it's like, yeah, the explosive movement. Right. Not just your typical. Which. Was something I, I might not have known about that my sophomore year, but later in high school, I, I knew that the way the, the way in which you perform the lifting movement has bearing on that as well. Yeah, quick explosive, and then an actual real, like sincere one. Hey, that's there's nothing wrong with that. I, I know it's good. Be nicer to my little sister. Like, yeah, I was just such a dingus. You're really <laughs> to Lizzie. What really a that's, jerk. I and, think it sounds like all of us were, though. Well, that's... Uh, well, I, yeah. We're <laughs> <I think laughs> so. insensitive, Well, at least. great. I think I can probably say that's my one regret in life, just being a crappy bigger brother. I might have one other regret, but, like, that's, that's, that's it. That takes the cake. That would probably be my earliest regret, along a list of many. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be my earliest one, my first... Just not being, just not knowing what I know now and like when I'm raising my kids to like, you know, like the older sibling, like, hey, be aware of your younger sibling, talk to them, play with them, mm-hmm. well, build a relationship, even if they're, you're, you know, 10 years older than them. It wasn't right? even just that. It was, it was the, the, the polar opposite. I actively was mean to her. It wasn't just like ignoring or the lack of building relationship. It was that I took that to the other end, which just sucks. That does so. Suck. We love you, Lizzie. It's yeah. true. It is true. Is that the passing of the baton to me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Right. Baton. Yeah. I appreciate that. Track. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, like I said, mine's not too dissimilar from, from Josh's. So, after graduating high school, I spent a year working to save up money to pay for, for those of you, for those of you that aren't members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the missionaries that go out and, and serve missions for our church pay for their missions. This isn't something that the church pays for. You betcha. The church totally could, but they don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean... It, Where needed, it does. Yes. It's yeah, done in it, such a way that every missionary pays the same. I, oh, actually, that might have changed now. I can't remember how it works anymore. But when I was a missionary, every missionary paid the same amount, no matter where in the world they went on their mission. Yeah. Right. And I do believe that some of that was subsidized, subsidized. by the church yeah, through, sure. through tithing and stuff. 
Four hundred um, a month was not paying for my Plano, Texas apartment, right? And food, yeah, and totally. Gas yeah, and what what we paid did not pay for everything that I got in Italy, but it was still a not insignificant amount of money uh, for those two years. So I spent a year before my mission working to save up money to try and pay for as much of it as I could, and I became an absolute idiot. My brain just died that year working as a cashier at Sportsman's Warehouse, surrounded by a genre of music I don't enjoy <laughs> at all. Still really good people that I worked with. And as we've said before, it did sort of help uh, with the paintball hobby <laughs> with those professional discounts yeah, on things. But my, my advice to myself, I, I can't say that I would tell myself not to do that and to go to school because mm. that was money that I think we needed to, to pay for my mission. But to do something to keep myself stimulated. Don't right. go home depressed and watch nothing but Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and play video games and paintball. Do something, especially with music. Keep playing the trumpet. Get in some kind of band. I... I just I had no idea how to even figure that out. How to what resources were available to find people to play with. You know, Craigslist was a, wasn't exactly yeah, a, thing a lot yet. harder back then compared to now. But do something to stay active in music, to keep up on math and science as much as possible. Cause I was really good at math too at that point in time. Now I'm a complete reject when it comes to math. I can't I can't remember how to how to do integrals anymore. Heaven forbid I ever <laughs> learned to do an integral. <laughs> well, I thought I would never forget how to how to do integrals, but yeah. um, I do not recall. Well, I do wish I could have held on to all like science and math knowledge. It makes sense; it's all gone. Right? I mean, when and why would have I have ever used that all? I kind of. It I, does suck, though. I kind of, to an extent, blame our education at that time. Like, no one was actively trying to like apply it. Like, you need to know this, right? you know, applied sciences, applied math, applied yeah. ling language. I think, But it sounds like from Shana's education and education in education, things are a lot different now. Yeah, so. I think so. But, like, my life might have been a lot smoother had I done all of that. You know, I might be in aviation right now, whether as an engineer or pilot, I don't know, but... I've always wanted to be in aviation, and I don't see that happening anymore. Boo. I don't see how that, even as a private pilot license, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, which is a bummer. I found a common thread. Oh, maybe not the weightlifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Lack of loving ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You didn't love yourself enough to work out, to lift. Not work out, but lift. <laughs> Or to let yourself be nice to Lizzie. I didn't love myself enough to tell myself that I can do math. You didn't love yourself enough to go home and To accept do that music. these were real skills that needed to be yeah. held on to, to at all costs. And keep working on. For sure. So, brothers, make sure you love yourself. That's what brothers are for. Hey, kids, do you know what time it is? Story time! 
this is going to be kind of like an account of some of the funnier things. Well, a mixture of, of it's going to be a mixed bag of some basic combat training stories. Mm, okay. so I don't think I've talked to either of you guys about any basic training. I stuff. don't think so. No. Nope. So to tee up the first story, how basic training works is you actually, you've probably seen like commercials and things or like YouTube videos of like, the drill sergeant's yelling at the new recruits and they're of getting yelled off the bus. Like, ah. Sure. Classic. So classic. Well, that happens actually at what's called reception. So you take like a red-eye bus straight into the basic training base, but they drive you into what's called reception, and it's kind of like a holding area for like days or weeks until the training company you're going to join is ready to receive you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's horrible. Good grief. At their own leisure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. I feel, like, I feel like military training is all about discomfort. It, it 100% is. <laughs> you, yeah. So this is part of it. Throughout, throughout the entire experience, you sit when, how, <laughs> and where they want you to. You stand when, how, and where they want you to. You make eye contact with who when <laughs> how they want you to everything is everything is completely regimented you have no freedom of movement or freedom of behavior whatsoever if you want to have a smooth experience sure. <laughs> so anyway but like so reception like you come in it's you're basically there to just in process into the training base and so most holdovers at reception are because like some paperwork issues and or medical issues or just your training company's not ready to receive you. That's also where you get chunks of your scalp ripped out as what? they're giving you your 30-second haircut okay. oh, with the razor. You. And <laughs> you take like a little mini physical fitness test and are just generally made to feel like crap and you're not getting nearly enough sleep and just being yelled at and told to go stand in this line and now actually go stand in that line. Just stupid stuff to keep you uncomfortable and on your toes and fearful of when the next instruction is going to come and who is going to come from because in reception you have people that are like administratively over you but also any of these drill sergeants there because they know you're not you don't have a timeline you have nothing to do any drill sergeant there if they see you they can just like bark an order at you and you just have to go do it you have to comply <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous it's just like the uh, gatekeeping classes like pre-med classes that are meant to break Someone who's not going to be up to snuff as a doctor sort of a thing. That's basically all of basic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like okay. the entire basic. Because at any point, people can will fall out and leave. Sure. Which goes into my first story and second story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So once you're to go to the training company, you show up at the company. And it's basically your company's like it's this big kind of apartment-like looking building. Like a stucco facade. Mm-hmm. Really tall, like multiple floors tall. And then you have these little, I would call them like open, okay, uh, Whitaker Mill School and McNary have that like courtyard. center courtyard thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a courtyard, but it's open on one side. So, and then on either side of that opening are, is more concrete part of the building, you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty big. So you walk into this, into this like opening of the courtyard and then all around you, is like an open floor and then the ceiling above you. I don't know. If, <laughs> I 
in the courtyard. I don't know yeah, how to yeah. explain this very well. There's a courtyard in the, I, or a ceiling in the courtyard. This is like the only place that I've been that looks like this. So here's a picture. So that out, you oh, can see the outside yeah, okay, there. That's you. where you would enter this this area. Okay. And then on either side of this open courtyard is your platoon area. And this entire area is called your company training area. So there's four platoons in the company, and each platoon is sectioned off in one quarter of this area. And that's like where you form up and get harassed out in the open at the okay. beginning of the day, middle of the day, end of the day. Right. Um, so any, that's kind of like where a lot of the training, like a lot of the yelling training goes on. And then inside, you have these open bay rooms just for your platoon. Um, males and females are separated for the entire company. But then each platoon of males have their own open bay. So it's a big open floor plan. And you have two you have bunk beds lining the outside of the room. And then you have a wall locker. Each person in each bunk has a wall locker. And then in the dead center of the open bay is the no man's zone, no man's land. And you do not touch it. <laughs> there can be no trash on it. There can be no dust. There can be no object of any kind in the no man's zone or you just get destroyed. And we're talking like hours upon hours of getting smoked. And is it everyone? Mm. Every, yeah, One everybody. person messes up, everyone suffers. Absolutely. Getting yeah. smoked meaning, meaning push-ups until you fail? Meaning if you're inside that room getting smoked, the walls are dripping with sweat. Ooh. Or, you know, moisture from breathing. It's disgusting. Yeah. We had one particular drill sergeant who we would have to run outside. This would be at like 10 at night. They'd wake us up. We'd have to, if we were lucky enough to be asleep already. Right. We'd have to run down multiple flights of stairs, grab sandbags, bring them back upstairs, and we would do sandbag PT, sandbag physical training, in our freaking room, getting sand everywhere. You're doing sit-ups, sandbag push-ups, shoulder presses. And then you have to clean up all that sand and then perfectly you have to after. It. Yes, exactly. And not just not just using <laughs> oh, the broom, gosh. you have to mop. <laughs> of course. So whenever you broom, you ha also have to follow up with mop every single time. So <laughs> just a horrible place to be. I, I preferred getting smoked outside because at least you have the wind. Um, but then And then at the far end of the bay was the bathroom and it had two swinging doors to get into the bathroom. There were only four stalls. Like bat wing doors? Yeah. Huh. No, no, well, no, no, no. Uh, a full door, but okay. it just okay. it hinges open. Sure. On yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like but, a restaurant kitchen or something. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so you had like four stalls for all 40 of you to use, Ooh. four sinks, and maybe six shower heads in an open tree of life shower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. And uh, yeah, and we're talking. You had tight, tight bedtimes, tight hygiene times, to the point where you would be given like fifteen minutes to, like the end of the training day, you'd have fifteen minutes to use a bathroom, brush your teeth, for all shower men. for everybody, shower <sighs> and get How? dressed in your sleep uniform. And sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's your PT uniform. Sounds like Barney Stinson <laughs> sleeping in a suit. 
<laughs> I just like that you have issued your pajamas. Yeah, it's your physical training uniform. And then, and also toe the line. Towing the line means your toe, you're in a position of attention, toes on the line circling around the no man's no man's zone. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's missing, so you have this in the morning, toe the line, and you have it at night before lights out, toe mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. Anybody's missing, all hell breaks loose. And like one particular night, <laughs> this sounds like a classic scene from a movie. Oh, like, yeah. Like you've, like I think we've all seen the this. This scenario. is cool. Yes. Yeah. Usually, I think it's usually like the Marines mm. in the movies I've seen. Quintessential basic training. We had one guy who had a really unfortunate bowel movement uh, <laughs> timing. <laughs> and so he was in the toilet. <laughs> and we're all just like, so he toes the line, but then he's like, oh, yo, I got to go. And we're all like, no, don't. Just wait, man. It's like sneaking to the bathroom after lights out. Come on, dude. He couldn't hold it. Oh, and no. really so, because the dining facility food can do just a number on you. Sure. So sure enough, our drill sergeant, drill sergeant Hong Tong, who is a crazy, crazy man, he comes in, he does his head count, and he's like, why are there only 41? Where's number 42? And we're all just like, <laughs> we just point to the bathroom. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he runs. <laughs> like, these guys live to just mess you up and so he r- sprints down the length of the open bay and he is, the, the imagery is just so good I'm picturing the Kool-Aid oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he runs and he does this flying like flying ninja kick into, into this the door <laughs> into the swinging door and his foot no kidding makes contact with the door. If you were to s- slice it up into quarters, height-wise, uh-huh. it hits the three-quarter mark. <laughs> oh, dang. And the door breaks at that point and gets knocked off its hinges. Like, it pulls the hinges out of the door frame, And he just, like, swats it to the side <laughs> as he's still just, like, moving right in. And you, he's just yelling at this kid. And he's like, I, you know, he's pooping. He's on the toilet. He can't get off the toilet. Doesn't matter how much you're yelling at me. And so after Hong Tong's done yelling at him, he comes out and he's like, oh, he picks the door up. It's like <laughs> trying to like <laughs> shove the hinges back into the door frame. He's like, oh, and he just throws it to his eyes. He's like, you guys will fix this tomorrow. Not an army engineer. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> he, he, was, um, he was actually a special forces weapon sergeant. Mm. It's called an 18 Bravo. Mm. And the dude's insane. I want to know what would have happened to that poor kid if he had kept towing the line <laughs> and it had happened <laughs> in line. <laughs> like, I swear, I, I just, I know that drill sergeant would have been on him just as bad. Oh, we would all, but I, he would have been so bad. But that kid would have been on everybody else <laughs> too, pretty bad. Oh, that would have been like a major health, you know, violation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of just, that's kind of the environment. It's just chaos all the freaking time. So one of these kids that I was with, I was the, so for two weeks, my response was always to just kind of like smile when they're yelling at me. Like, <laughs> you know, well, like, you know, they're, the broom of their hat is on your forehead. Uh-huh. You're spinning in my face because I can no longer hold my rifle above my head. Like, it's ridiculous. I can't physically hold my rifle anymore. <laughs> I would just laugh. I'm like, dude, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I had already, you know, I had served my LDS mission. I had been to two years of college. 
had some pretty decent life experience. I was probably as old or close in age to the drill sergeants. And I'm just like, dude, you can't hurt. Like, you can't. Your responses aren't going to hurt me. You can't do anything. I know you can't touch me. I'm going to work out as hard as I can. But when I can't anymore, like, whatever, man. And so very quickly, they made me the platoon sergeant, <laughs> hmm. the student platoon sergeant. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple weeks after that, they made me the company student first sergeant, which actually really sucked. But Not where I thought that was going to go. <laughs> well, so as the platoon sergeant, all these kids who were like fresh out of high school. Right, you're the oldest guy there. I'm the second oldest. The oldest was like a 41-year-old. Whoa. He got age waivers because he was, he was an attorney. And he was life gonna, choices. I don't even. He was. It's like a midlife oh, crisis yeah. thing. He want, He was going to go fly hel- helicopters. So he enlisted so he could go warrant <laughs> officer to fly helicopters. Oh, warrant so officer. So he joined the okay. army to be wow. a pilot? Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Yep. Interesting He choice. was a really cool. Thurman. His name was Thurman. He was He was solid. I mean, he's an attorney. Just even keeled. Sure. Yeah. S- slow to temper. You like, you couldn't, he was nonplus. You couldn't get to him. Yeah. So other than him and then some junior college football player who thought he was like the shiz. Mm-hmm. He was my age. He had something to prove to everybody. Of course. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, but most of these kids like really like looked up to me. And this one kid in particular, I remember I was in the bathroom, brushing my teeth real quick. And, <laughs> oh, I was As on, always. I think I was on fire guard, which you have two shifts of fire guard every night and two people on each shift for fire guard. And it's from back in the days when you'd like be biv- bivouacked. And people would be smoking and they'd fall asleep with their cigarette oh. and they'd set fires in the camp. No way. Interesting. <laughs> and so <laughs> they started, set, the army started setting fire guards hmm. to like respond to any sort of incidents like that. So now the army uses fire guard as like a 24 7. Yeah. You're just on watch. Yeah. And so we had to do that every night in our own bay. Part of the fire guard's job was to also sweep and clean quietly. And then if a drill sergeant comes in at night, if like the fire guard's asleep, that's mm. when you get woken up and you're going doing PT at like two in the morning. Mm. And so I think I was on fire guard. So I was getting ready to brush my teeth. This kid comes in. He's like, Hey Stuart. Uh, yeah, I just had a question. You know, what do you think would happen if someone like took like maybe 20 ibuprofen? And first of all, you're not supposed to have ibuprofen. You're not supposed to have any drugs with you at all. Well, not even ibuprofen. You can't have anything. Dang. Like the drill sergeants have to like, they're in control of all sorts. Like, okay. Anything. Right. So I'm just like, dude, why are you asking? Like, who, who cares? We don't have like, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Kidney failure. He's like, well, <laughs> well, okay, maybe not 20, but like, how many do you think you can take at once? I'm like, dude, what does the bottle say? <laughs> like two, 200 milligram tablets in four hours or something? Not to exceed more, you know, I'm like, what does the bottle say? Just do what the bottle says. I'm like, why are you even asking me? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I just curious. It's one of these weird things that got stuck in my head. So in the weeks preceding this, he's telling everybody because when the shiz really starts getting tiring and annoying and hard, he's like, dude, I can get you out of here. You want to go home? Let me know. Trust me. I know how to get people out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Just like strategies to get kicked out of basic training without having to come back. Oh, okay. Wait, I thought... is there no way to just voluntarily of your own will drop out? I, I'm not certain because you've signed a contract. Okay. Oh. Here's why I'm not certain. Yeah. So later that night, <laughs> oh, as I'm on fire guard, 
to be honest, I was asleep. <laughs> uh, I was the, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a platoon sergeant. I was asleep. I really didn't care. But all of a sudden, I get woken up, and I hear just this kid, like, screaming at the top of his lungs. And I hear, like, boom, boom, like, someone running up the stairs. Da, 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 da. And then the back door slams open, and it's another one of my soldiers. Oh. And he's like, oh, I can't remember this kid's name. Uh, we'll call him Eddie, whatever. Eddie, uh, he's hurt real bad. You got to come look. I'm like, what? Uh, so I run over to the stairwell. I look down two flights of stairs, and he's like crumpled on the landing, holding his knee. Like, ah. I'm like, what the, what the crap is going on? So I run down there. He's like, oh, I slipped and fell and hit my kneecap. Oh. And there's two, the guy's two rifles are on the ground on the landing. Okay. Which you shouldn't, they shouldn't have had the rifle yeah. with them. Right. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, uh, all right, dude. So I'm like, me and the other guy who found him, because he heard him screaming first. Right. We help him up the stairs. And then I go down to the duty office to our other drill sergeant who's there overnight all the time. Dang. <laughs> I'm like, you know, basically report to her and tell her what happened. Well, come to find out. He, the kid who's been telling everyone that he can get you out and set you home, no problem. Mm. All will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. He paid this other kid $200 to break his kneecap. Oh, my gosh. By, With the butt of his rifle? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. About stroking it. I knew it. So <laughs> what happened? Did Lo and behold. <laughs> so he cracked his kneecap in half. What the beautiful, oh wonderful army machine did was because <laughs> he's on a training base. So it's under their watch and under their care. So they put him on what's called convalescent leave, take him to the hospital, you know, do whatever they do, stitch him up, whatever, put him in a cast, put him in traction. Off-base hospital or on on base? base. Totally on base. This man is owned by the Army. (laughs) (laughs) They put him on convalescent leave until he heals and finishes physical therapy, Mm -hmm. and then they recycle him, Mm -hmm. which means they start him over in the next class. Right. (laughs) So he (laughs) He just prolonged his suffering. Yes. Oh my gosh. And this happened at like week five. Like we were almost done. Oh, oh my gosh. It was, we were almost done. What was ibuprofen for though? Did he like shove as much down as he could before cracking it? I think that's my thought. Oh that's my what he must have done. And it was funny because when the drill sergeant <laughs> later came and talked to me, she, she called me Stuart Little. <laughs> Hated her for that. Because uh, she'd also scream it in my face in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, come on. And she's smaller than me. Yo, like, uh, she loved me, though. She was like, she was kind of like a mom. She was psychotic, though. She was like the worst <laughs> of all of them. But um, she's like, Stuart Little, come into my office. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's like, what the f- happened? <laughs> and I'm like, and so I tell her everything. She's like, are you saying you saw rifles down there? I'm like, yeah, two rifles. She's like, and he asked you what about ibuprofen? I'm like, yep. She's like, okay, thanks. We're going to get his, you know, butt. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, good, do it. You know, and I'm telling her all the other stuff he had told everyone. So I bought a lot of street cred with her because I'm like, that's not street cred. I rat on everybody. She's the, <laughs> exactly. she's the man. That's not street cred. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Eddie got the street cred. <laughs> Eddie <Yeah>. did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! I wish I remember his name because I would totally look him up and see if he's on the like global address list or anything. <laughs> but uh, and then but then that goes into another story. We had this other kid in another one of the platoons who we were like two weeks from graduation. 
we go into the dining facility. So you, you wake up really early. I think, I can't remember when, 5.30, maybe 5. You go do physical training first. And then you go straight from physical training to breakfast. And then from breakfast to hygiene change, get all your equipment, get ready for the training day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... <laughs> When you're going through the dining facility line, like you're prim and proper, like you have steps and things to do for how you walk, obviously, like how you walk, which direction you're going to turn, how you hold the door open, how to get out of the way if a drill sergeant's coming, <laughs> um, how you like walk with your tray in your hand, and you have to like do facing movements, like drill and ceremony facing movements. So like, so you'll march, and then when you're ready to get your next food item, you like right, right face, face, and you have like... They have to say thank you to everybody. Present left the face. tray. <laughs> yeah, you're basically, and you do that for the entire freaking length of this defect yeah. uh, dining facility line until you can get. But and then you get to your table, you know, and you're like, you get there, you like set it down, still. and you. It's crazy. Um, hmm. So I'm already sitting down eating, and you have like five minutes to eat. Period. <laughs> <You're> just <laughs> and you got to get out and go. I mean, it probably wasn't food you wanted to savor anyway, right? Not yeah, not particularly. Honestly, I don't, uh, don't really remember. Sure, but that's the kind of, those are the kind of habits that prevents people from towing the line. <laughs> True <laughs> that. Scarfing down True in that. five minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because they forgot to eat the dinner rolls. That always clogs you up. Mm. So this one, this one morning, I'm sitting down and just scarfing as fast as I can, and you just hear, <laughs> you just hear this kid screaming at the top of his lungs from the food line. All the things that you're supposed to say to the food server, like, yes, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. And then go, next position, no, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. And the next one, yes, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and he just keeps yelling like louder and louder and louder. He finally lost it. Dude, he broke. So, <sighs> like, as soon as the drill sergeants hear him screaming, they're on him like sharks, you know? They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's responding to them. By yelling at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and they're like, soldier, what the? You know, like, what are you? You can't talk to me that way. He's like, drill sergeant, I'm not talking to you anyway. You know, and you could tell when you looked at him and the things he was saying, like, he either did not know what he was doing or he was l- literally not in control of his voice box. He had lost <laughs> it. And the rumor on the street was that they shipped him off to medical for like a psych eval and everything. Because it was like something like uh-huh. snap uh-huh. for sure. So just a crazy time. It was it was actually really fun. Uh, <laughs> it was mostly fun to be kind of disconnected from the drama and not really care about the pressure and what was going on and just observe everyone else just eating it, <laughs> not handling it well at all. It was amazing. So 10 out of 10. Would basic training, 10 out of 10, <laughs> would go again. <laughs> Has gone again. Has gone again. And uh, recommend it to everyone except for my children. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Dang it, that's what I was gonna do. Oh shoot. Do it you're gonna do it better. Thank you for being our brother. Wow, did that we might just be too energetic that? though. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll take another run at it then. Okay. For, for being our brother. brother. <laughs> that the first one was too energetic. Gotcha. 
for show notes, rockin' merch, and other brother goodness, check out our website at anotherbrotherpodcast.com. Be sure to come back next week. And tell your friends so they too can become a brother over here, brother over there, brother everywhere.